Hello, Aquaville Radio, and welcome to another episode of Tacapella. I am one half of your host, Alicia Edwards, and joining me is my good friend, Brian Alexander. Brian, how are you today? Alicia, under the circumstances, you know, I'm doing okay, but this is just another sign of how bad this whole pandemic in 2020 has been. Now my internet has like gone haywire today. And so I'm just, I'm chalking that up to, you know, another check mark on what can go wrong in 2020. But hey, so. good silver lining. At least your internet will come back. I have something to one up <laughs> you today. Uh oh, how so? What do you got? Okay. So I went to the dentist. They forgot to put like these little buttons on my teeth to help them move on my like my lower teeth right so i took a longer lunch break today than i normally do i went got the buttons put on and on my way back to the office on the freeway a rock flew up and hit my windshield what and it no just way crack are you kidding me like i'm not like a two inch crack and i was like i went because it <laughs> happened so i call my husband on my bluetooth mm-hmm. in my car and I'm telling him what happened. And as I'm telling him what happened, I watch as this two inch crack grows to three inches to four inches oh, geez. to six inches. And I was so sad. So I called my insurance and I was mm-hmm. like, I was just driving and a rock hit my windshield. And oh, they're no. like, okay, I need you to say that again. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> calm down. Yeah, we can't understand you. What's going on exactly? I have a crack in my windshield. What? coverage do i have to fix it oh, my, my deductible goodness. is a 250 dollars deductible per incident which sucks yeah that's i was like bad. if it's like annual 250 great mm-hmm. i'm gonna just do it and get oh, it over goodness. with but no it's per incident so i might see if i can find like a deal somewhere or my parents are coming to town next week and my dad has really great luck with finding windshields at the junkyard and just replacing mm-hmm. stuff himself so i might see oh if that do works it for me so i'm like right there free labor you got to cover right we'll see my parents <laughs> love me thanks mom and dad love you, <laughs> well I'm, anyway. I'm glad that you survived all of that and so I'm very excited for today's show, Alicia. Who do I'm like, I'm trying my hardest. Okay, typically I geek out, but you might see another side of geeking out come out today uh, because we have a wonderful guest. And so, Alicia, who do we have today? We have someone who I have known for the last several years. I met her when I was on BYU Noteworthy, and she came and consulted with us, and she choreographed a couple of our songs. I think she arranged some of them, too, at the time. And she is just, like, amazing. Like, she's, like, the superhero of acapella. She's done so much. She's sang with Noteworthy. She was on the sing-off, not once, but twice. So for our listeners, you may know her from BYU Noteworthy. You may also know her as one of the founding members of Delilah. She's also sang with a post-collegiate group called Jane that competed at ICCA Open. She's also been a contestant on The Voice. She's sang with Deke Sharon's Vocalocity, and the list goes on and on. But we have joining us my friend, the beautiful Amy Whitcomb. Amy, how are you? That was the nicest (laughs) introduction I have ever heard. Oh my gosh, I feel really good about myself. I'm available. I'm like, <laughs> Thank you so much. Could you come introduce me yeah. or just like... I'm happy to. Post-lisp, post of course. I like I'm, the I lisp. think literally when I think back to all our guests on Tacapella, there's only one person who could potentially have a longer resume and that's Deke Sharon. And so out of all that, I'm just like, man, we have literally like the powerhouse of acapella. Just when you think about careers, having a career in acapella, I'm like, I don't see anyone she's else sitting, that comes but, close. Like, she's 
she's sitting right here with us. Yeah. Virtually. Acapella chose me. <laughs> it really did. Oh, I right. It. I like that. It did. And we'll talk more about that. So, I mean, Amy, if, if we have listeners who, I mean, if we have listeners who don't know who you are, I'm sad for them. But <laughs> for, I mean, based on what I've said, you have such a wide variety of musical talent and experiences. Can you tell us and our listeners where that all started for you? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Truly, that was so nice. (laughs) Everything you just said. Gosh, honestly, music, I'm not even sure what it was I was listening to. But when I was four years old, I begged my mom to put me in piano lessons. So piano was my first love. And singing came very quickly after that. And at first, I loved anything classical. And, you know, I really have a classical training background, especially with piano. But then American Idol started, not to mention Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears. Mm -hmm. I had an irrational obsession with Britney Spears (laughs) in eighth grade, and I still do. That's pretty normal for for most people, so, you know. (laughs) No guilt. Right. Shame. Like, it's not out of the ordinary. Yeah. But yeah, so piano started it. I don't know. I just always, like, from a very, very young age, had an ear for it. So it's just this inborn passion is really the best answer I have. I and you mentioned that acapella chose you. Did that start with Noteworthy in college, or were you in any groups prior to that? I had done choir okay. and all a lot of different ensembles and things like that. Acapella wasn't particularly on my radar until Noteworthy, where I just auditioned kind of on a whim. And I had seen a show of theirs, and I just felt like, those seem just like really cool ladies. Like, and they seem like they have something really special. And then it was like this passion for vocal music just exploded. So I'm, I'm curious because we typically like to explore, you know, what was that moment that just like clicked for people in terms of acapella? Do you remember the first song or first video or, you know, the first experience that was just like, I just got to do that? Or was it noteworthy? It's the group itself. If I'm being perfectly honest, my passion and love for acapella music did not click until I was under Deke's direction on Vocalocity. Really? That's a while. He always joked with me. He's like, I can't believe I got her to do this show. I can't believe Amy Whitcomb came back to acapella. And I was like, I've always loved acapella. But I think maybe he thought, well, I went on The Voice. I tried to do this and that Mm -hmm. and whatever. Maybe he thought I wasn't as interested in it. But the way that he creates a show, the way that he's able to take a bunch of different voices and it's something so magical and unifying and healing that changed my perspective and ever since then like I was locked in because Vocalocity was about I got cast in that five years Mm -hmm. ago but yeah ever since then like that's just my vocal music is my heart and soul (laughs) that's so like that's so fascinating because one we don't get to really talk to a lot of guests that and share those experiences in terms of how Deke Sharon has kind of mentored or maybe coached or just kind of really draw people in and we all just know that he's such a driving force behind so many projects going on in the space so just to hear your the way that you know your interactions with him is just really cool and exciting and maybe we can even start there with vocalocity because that was another just gigantic wave of vocal music like awesomeness and goodness that just happened for the community what was it like kind of being on the road and touring with that and i'm especially curious you know what was it like kind of being ingrained in that entire experience when you yourself just mentioned that acapella really wasn't there for you quite yet so what was all of that like 
I think that when I first got cast into Vocalocity, I was just so excited to have a show and to be able to have an ensemble to work with. I knew that all I cared about was singing good music that was true to me and collaborating with good people. And I just, of course, looked up to and admired Deke so much. So I was just way up for the adventure Mm -hmm. i was super nervous to tour because up until then i'm a huge like fitness buff like i just am you two have that in common brian (laughs) okay sorry just a little sidetrack so what what's your thing are you like runner you gym rat what are you into way more of a gym rat so i did the long distance running thing but now i'm just like there's no high like (laughs) like lifting and so i get you and i I want to be strong Mm -hmm. if anyone tries to friggin attack me like they will be sorry (laughs) you know right i'm not mad at you i'm not mad so (laughs) one flip side to that brian is a runner so yeah have you done marathons i've done once before and it's one of those things where i did it once and i tell people do it once don't do it twice i don't know if i'd ever do it again i'm definitely the shorter distances i did a marathon as well and now it was i don't i'm with you i don't think (laughs) i could ever do wait a minute you didn't complete that that girl but i finished it even though i started vomiting between miles 11 and 12 Add a girl. That's a great so story. And then I had to go to Instacare and found out I had the flu. Oh my goodness. <gasps> oh, see, so it wasn't even out of shape so it wasn't or like anything I was like lame that. And couldn't run. It was. <laughs> I literally can't imagine. Oh man, that's hilarious. So back to Vocalocity. So up to that point, you had been involved with Noteworthy as well as done the sing off experiences. I'm curious, what was the difference between all of those various productions? Because one, you have regular live audience contemporary acapella with noteworthy kind of be the collegiate young scene and then you have the sing-off televised and then you have i kind of look at it as more of a you know stage not theatrical but kind of close to it with vocalocity what did you take away as the differences between all of those experiences that's a great question. With Vocalocity, that was my first experience with a co-ed group. So that added a new element for sure. And then since it wasn't just a focus on one performance, one song, this was an entire show. So it was really cool to be able to brand ourselves as a group to create an experience for the concert goer. And yeah, that taught me so much about building a show, about what it means to have a message and the best way to go about sharing that message. And it also once again taught me a ton about how there's just something so magical about acapella, about vocal music. And that just like, you know how musical theater just like it has such a vibe. Like you hear a song, even if it is kind of like a little pop or whatever, like you can tell it's musical theater. (laughs) Right, Right. Right. And it's magical. Like it just it has its stamp. It has its place. It has these like healing qualities and vocal music the same thing for me there's something about it that with all of these people in a group standing on stage with one unified purpose and using their voices something that's literally a part of them using their voices to like create something bigger than themselves I don't know there's just something so electric about it Yeah, and I totally get where you're coming from and Alicia you'll have to let me know if this is kind of resonating with you but everything you're describing is you know you get moments like that in other areas of acapella 
I think of like the ICCAC. When you go to the ICCA competition, it just completely warps you. You're there in the moment versus <laughs> you're talking about vocalosity. This is like happening for you all. This is your life that you're living. And I, I totally get mm-hmm. that mindset. Alicia, I don't know if you're, that's kind of how it resonates with you. A little bit. I don't think I have as much of a performance background in, in such a way where I can say I necessarily relate. I mean, I can imagine, but I'm kind of the noob here between the three of us. You have plenty of experience. <laughs> don't say. Mind. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I'm still acapella, obviously, but I kind of want to travel back a little bit. So Amy, when you were on the sing-off with Noteworthy and with Delilah, can you tell us what memory stands out the most to you? Really just, I mean, for curiosity's sake here. Oh man, there are a few very important memories. The first memory with Noteworthy, we were rehearsing for the first opening number. So mm-hmm. like the first time anyone's seen acapella like this on national television okay. and we're doing under pressure okay. and Deke like kind of handpicks a few people from each group to contribute as soloists. Mm-hmm. And I was so aggressive. Like <laughs> I, I would never do this now, but I like went up to Deke and I was like, you know, that big part where he like goes up and like screams that uh-huh. note, like the why, why, why? I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> And he, wow. I'm, he goes, okay. <laughs> I don't think he even knew what to say. I honestly, I look back at that and I'm like, I cannot believe that I did that. <laughs> like little baby Amy had no inhibitions. Like, talk about bravery so, and c- courage here, man. He just stepped up. I want I that know. part. Okay. He just trusted me with that and bless Deke's heart. Like what a trooper that we all had quite an adventure together. Yeah. I love but, it. So you had the experience with Noteworthy and you went back with Delilah. Can, can you tell us a little bit, share with us how Delilah got started, like what the inspiration was behind it, and maybe share with us how the experience with Delilah on the sing-off differed from your experience with Noteworthy. Sure. So I think we can kind of tell the truth now. Our story of how Delilah was founded was a bit fabricated on the show, if we're being honest. Okay, please do share. (laughs) Because I think on the show, Hannah's like, so I got a call from Amy and Amy asked me if that's that didn't happen. (laughs) So this is real talk right now. Real talk acapella right now. But really what happened is the executive producer, I think that he had seen some all female groups audition, but he just didn't feel like any particular group was maybe like quite the brand or like the fierceness that he envisioned. So what he ended up doing was just selecting you know, kind of an alumni group. So people that had been on the sing-off before just to create like a real powerhouse female group. So that's how it came to be. We all definitely like talk to each other. We're in like a lot of contact before we went out to the show to start rehearsing and everything. But the show, really the production, they put together the group more so. And like, honestly, it was by God's grace that like we just completely clicked I mean, it was after having seen the group on the show, right? It was fire from the very beginning. And I think that it's because each of us had had the experience to know that this isn't about any individual. This is about like making something special. And I just got chills. I'll also never forget singing Grenade. We will never forget that performance. That was the peak of my career. And I should have just stopped (laughs) right then. Just like, just quit. No, we wouldn't have allowed you to. Like, we need more after that. Come on. That would 
that would be such a sad waste of talent yeah. if that was it. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I, I can recall how many times like I've shown people that video. It's just like, it's a, an absurd amount of times is all I can say. If I've shown it to people, I'm like, I know her. <laughs> Santa, I'm, I'm such a proud, I, I'm such a proud person that I know Amy. I love you, Amy. Oh, I love you too. I'm curious. I got so, a question with that. Just because I, now that I, I have the truth here, which I, I never knew about the group, just oh. hearing that the show's producers put everyone together, going into that with, you know, you have some vets from the show and I'm sorry if I can't remember every single member. I don't know if everyone had been a previous castmate on the show, but when you go into an environment like that where you all are brought together and you all come with this great assortment of talent and experiences who like takes charge in that how do you approach leadership when it comes to being on a television platform like that how did you all handle that what a great question because so many people wouldn't even think about that and it was kind of a no-brainer because hannah giuliano who had been on the show before with pitch slap she also of course led pitch slap to you know an icca's championship and it was just a no-brainer she's literally the most musical genius woman that I know. She's mm. incredible. So she really took the reins, especially musically, and I was her mere assistant consultant. I helped if she needed to bounce <laughs> some ideas off, but she's younger than me. She's like significantly younger than me, but from that very moment that I met her, she was and has been such a mentor to me musically as well as just as a human. And I got to see that and also kind of study under her again during our run with Vocalocity. Oh, nice. Well, I, I just want to second that the musical talent that she's talking about. I've never met Hannah, but she arranged mirror for us when Mirrors. I was on No Worthy and that was the most fantastic bass line I have ever yes. had the privilege of singing. <laughs> yes. And I had to jump the octave up for it on some parts because on a really good day I could sing the whole thing as written but during a show on stage the nerves get to you and there were other songs where I would sing a little bit higher and I'm like I, it just it's not going to come out on stage but yeah. oh such a beautiful beautiful number. She just yeah she's just got it. She's also yeah. one of my best friends in the world so and that's what's crazy too is like these producers put this group together uh-huh. and we were just like okay like who's gonna be the biggest diva? <laughs> and then and then we walk in and we're just like oh my gosh i love her mm-hmm. oh my gosh i love her oh my gosh we're obsessed with each other so that's so yeah, funny it because i can't imagine huge. that they i can't imagine they anticipated the magnitude of the friendships that that would result from that not at all. They didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> they just want a good TV. Right. Just ratings, people. Ratings. <laughs> and I mean, and I mean, it was good TV, but it's awesome to me that something bigger comes out of that. Same. We feel we feel so so lucky. I'm curious. I'm like, we only got to see from an outside perspective, but in terms of getting feedback from like judges like Ben Folds and Sean Stockman, do you feel that you all or that the acapella experience really kind of washed over them in the right way and that they got the real effect of what acapella should be? Or how do you think that they walked away from the show with all of that? That is such a great question. I think Sean gets it because of his experience with Boys to Men, which really, even though a lot of their music is instrumentally produced, mm-hmm. it's vocal music, right? right? Like they're vocal geniuses so I think Sean did get it and Sean many times in judging just like could peer into my soul and like I don't know we connected I'm sure that's very I'm sure that causes a lot of anxiety but I'm sure it's also exciting 
It's a very exciting. He just, he got it. Yeah. Like he understood, he understood who we were as a group mm-hmm. and, and what we were trying to do and that our intentions right. in terms of making music and bringing it to the world were just pure and from love. Whereas Ben, he's like, I can't say enough good things about Ben. He's so incredible. Mm-hmm. But he was, of course, more concerned just like musically. And he was able to point out like, this is really working for you musically yeah. and stuff like that. In terms of like the feeling, the emotion, the vibe, the overall experience. I don't think that he, I don't think he necessarily got it on the soul level that Sean mm-hmm. did. But honestly, I felt like that panel with Sarah Bareilles, my year with Delilah mm-hmm. that panel was awesome <laughs> and for the most part I felt like we got some really good genuine heartfelt feedback yeah it was nice I'm sure that year with Delilah just kind of having that mixture I feel like Sarah's that middle ground between Sean and Ben and so that kind of helped to portray everything a little bit better as well so that's absolutely that awesome and with that it is time for us to take our first commercial break but don't go away we'll be right back on Tacapella with Amy Whitcomb Acaville is broadening our network We're introducing a new show and podcast called Vocal Perspective, hosted by myself, Rachel Schoenbaum, and the amazing Amanda Cornaglia. Each week, we speak with a new female or female-identifying member of the acapella community to talk about ideas, themes, and topics that affect us. Tune in at Acaville on Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, or on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Acaville, home of vocal perspective. And welcome back to Tacapella. This is your special guest star, Amy Whitcomb. <laughs> See, that's what I love about this show. It gives us so much variety each and every time. Like that, like those moments right there. That, that, that was great. I can't even take myself seriously. No, that is a good Amy, thing. And she is fantastic. For those of you who are just now tuning in, we are here on Tacapella with the wonderfully talented Amy Whitcomb. And we've been talking during the first half about her experiences on the sing-off, which if you have a chance to go back to listen to it, please do because it's I mean there's just some gems in there that, that we've been able to discuss <laughs> I, here. I feel like we have um, like an inside source to like all behind the scenes we, things we of acapella. Do, and it's I mean it's it's fascinating. So I mean if you weren't motivated before to go back and listen to that, there you go. There's some <laughs> secrets in there. There's some confidential really information we got in that first half. So yeah. So um we want to shift gears a little bit, Amy, because there's so much that you have done pr- prior to today you you were on noteworthy you were on the sing off you were on the voice which we didn't actually talk about but i'm sure that that's okay was, huh? <laughs> i said that's okay <laughs> but i'm sure that those was, are not as fond of memories uh, <laughs> i'm sure that was also like uh, an experience you'll never forget but we want to shift gears a little bit because there's a lot of stuff that you're also working on now so not only were you a member of noteworthy for what was it three years Mm-hmm. Yeah, three and years. then you were on Delilah. You were on Vocalocity. You had a lot of acapella experiences for you as a member of a group. But now you're actually the director of Noteworthy at BYU. Yes, I'm curious. Guilty. Can you tell okay. us how all your experiences as a member in these various acapella groups have influenced you as a director on Noteworthy, and maybe how that has influenced the artistic direction of the group? 
Yes, because truly each and every one of these experiences has played in to the kind of director that I am. And it's crazy because in some really, really difficult moments when I first started directing Noteworthy a few years ago, I just realized like, oh, I've been prepared for these situations and I've seen this happen, whether it's musical, creative, or like group dynamics. There was so much experience that has played into helping me be successful as Noteworthy's artistic director. And I mentioned in the first segment, Hannah Giuliano and Deke Sharon. And truly, I learned so much from them as musicians, as directors themselves. And I imitate a lot of just how they present themselves, the standard of excellence that they demand, the musicality, the creativity, the innovation. They helped me a lot to open my eyes to see that like acapella is not just about imitating instruments or this or that like it's about innovation and it's about newness and all female acapella creates even greater opportunity to be creative and innovative as you have certain challenges that you have to overcome with just female voices and so yeah like every experience was so important one experience that we didn't talk about that also really helped prepare me was when I competed with Jane at the Aka Open which was totally we just got this group together on a whim <laughs> it was you know we just wanted something it was to like do the powerhouse females of no <laughs> let's yep. be real yep. <laughs> it was such a jo- we just like wanted to hang out with each other <laughs> so, so we got together but that gave me this opportunity to start creating and directing noteworthy wasn't even on my radar at this point so but that got me arranging again it got me thinking more about the female voice and about how it can come together and create something new and exciting and fun and pleasing to the ear. And without that experience, I think I would have been just like floundering in <laughs> when I was directing already because it just helped really brush up some skills. And so Mackenzie Giles right. May, she's the one right. that really headed that up. And I owe her so much for like bringing that challenge and opportunity to me. That's awesome. <laughs> Follow up question to that. So bringing all of that together with your experience and your experience specifically in female acapella, can you tell us, is there a consistent element that you've recognized that's been pivotal to female acapella and its success? That's a lovely question. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's certainly about thinking outside the box and playing to each singer's strengths. So I really think about each singer that I'm arranging for and to create the best arrangement possible. I'm making sure everyone is in, you know, the ranges that they're resonant, giving them some important highlighting moments that can add to the arrangement. And really, I just like taking a cover and making it something totally different. I, I, say, I arrange, like <laughs> but you didn't arrange. A hundred percent. So yeah, and Noteworthy has a few, few songs coming up that they'll be releasing that kind Kind of show a little more of our artistic edge in a direction that we're hoping to head. But yeah, so I would say that the key element for me in when it comes to success in female acapella is thinking outside the box and playing to everybody's strengths. That's a great answer. I'm like, a lot of times I think we think about acapella groups and specifically female acapella groups. And I I hate to say it, but there's oftentimes criticism around the capabilities of what groups can do. And I like that you're bringing a little bit of spotlight in terms of really focusing on the individuals, um, especially as it relates to female acapella group, just because there's that element of, you know, is that low in there or, you know, is it, 
this other element that could be kind of affecting why people may or may not be into it. And so I, th- I think it's really important that what you're talking about and focusing on these individual aspects is really driving creativity at times in, in the music, which is great. No, I love that. Yeah. Talking about noteworthy a little bit more. So has there been a shift at all in terms of when you look at the priorities that you bring to the group as a director and you think about versus the time that you were as a member, you may be the priorities that you held then. Is there any kind of difference there when you look at the groups, you know, because it, it's so easy to think, OK, here's what the music director does for a regular group. Whereas I think BYU has a very interesting dynamic in that they actually have directors. Not every groups across the country have that uh, that position right there to really take charge of everything. So when you're thinking about what to focus on as a group of what contributes to success, how do you prioritize, you know, and how has it been different as a director versus a member? I'm so glad you asked that because I do feel that though Noteworthy's core values have remained the same from the very beginning, our purpose, or at least the way that we kind of label and speak about that purpose has evolved a bit. Back when I was a member of the group, we talked a lot about being a missionary group, which is also very much a BYU thing as well. But as I've come into leadership and directing them and just like heard all of these girls' experiences, the things that they've struggled with, us as women being marginalized and really kind of almost discriminated against in a lot of ways like at BYU as well as just you know we have a few members like that are a part of the LGBTQ community and though the girls in Noteworthy have a variety of life experiences and that has taught me more love and empathy and we realize that as a group we really hope to just lead with love and to hopefully be a voice for these marginalized communities and especially just change the culture maybe at BYU and at Utah to be more inclusive and loving because that's what music is about and that's what the arts are about and so we just want to be real we're not robots we're real and so that's a fight we have to fight every day since there is a director who's hired by the university there's sometimes some conflict there because they they just don't always see things the way we do but yeah that's been a really I never thought necessarily that that would be something that I'm so passionate about and that I felt like noteworthy was truly created for to give a voice to people that don't have one and yeah and and that's and that's so interesting to hear. I'm like, we, we've been fortunate enough to have Alicia on the show who's given us a lot of insight about, you know, the evolution of Noteworthy. My limited yeah. insight for being in the group for well, one well, year. You've given us a, a very perspective. You know, you've been so involved, though, like ever oh. since, you know. And, and so I'm, I'm processing the things that we've discussed before on the show about the group and in terms of them, you know, being recognized by the university. And I'm pairing that with what you're telling us about, you know, the individual members' experiences and just kind of what it means to be a female in acapella. And I'm curious in terms of the culture on campus as it relates to acapella music, because, you know, you have Vocal Point, really popular group, and then you have all these other, you know, mixed groups as well. Do you feel like the culture around female acapella on campus is fairly positive, is fairly accepting of what you all are doing or have like strive to do? I think that we're getting there. I think that if people have a personal experience with Noteworthy, 
then they are on board, right? But I think that if people are just hearing like, oh, there's a show, oh, it's all females, like, eh. <laughs> and I don't necessarily know if that's like just BYU culture. I don't think that's necessarily just because we're women. I think that's more just the stigma against uh, all female. I acapella. think so. <laughs> but yeah, but like if they're able to come and have a concert experience, then like we can and will win them Mm -hmm. over yeah Yeah. and i can agree to that because i i used to live in utah for a little while and man i'm trying to remember the year i think that's exactly how we met and so i think it was 2016 might have been the year that 2015 was it 2015 no are you talking about the icca yes it was the icca show i wasn't there in the spring yet of 2015 that's why it was either 2016 yeah it was or 2017 fall i think was it? No, it was 2016 then. And I, it would have been like, I think it was the quarterfinal. I don't think you were the director yet. Oh. No, not no, not till. Well, well, I bring that up because I remember I went and saw Noteworthy that year at the ICA and they were clear, far and away the best group there. So mm-hmm. the group has impact, you know, regardless of what you what you want to think or what you want to believe. I'm like, when you're there in their presence, man, you feel it for sure. So that's just, I don't know. I'm glad to yeah. hear that. <laughs> I'm not sure where I was going with that, but I'm just like, yeah, yeah I, I believe yeah. in the group for sure. Yeah, they we're trying to take as much advantage as we can of having resources from the college now, you know, like that really has been huge for Noteworthy's quality and progress. And we're just we're just making sure, though, that just because we're getting these resources from the school doesn't mean that we conform to what they think Noteworthy should be because Noteworthy's purpose has been clear, you know, since 2004 when it started. And so we just want to make sure we keep the tradition and the progress alive. You mentioned that Noteworthy has some new music that's going to be coming out soon. How challenging has it been to navigate getting recordings together, getting the stuff produced in light of COVID? You know, COVID is no lack entertainer's friend right (laughs) so we hate covid we hate him but we've just had to get creative and be as optimistic and hopeful and positive as possible we were so fortunate to had recorded a lot and filmed even to be able to release some content over the summer however we had planned to we're releasing an album this fall which i don't know if that's like super public knowledge Uh you 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 heard heard it here here first first. On talk about nice. Oh yeah. But we're so excited about that. But our base, Grace, Uh she, I mean, COVID happened. And then, you know, it was like, you have to go home. Like, you can't stay in Utah. Go be with your family. And so Grace had to go before she could even record. So we're like still waiting for her to come back so we can record the base and then get that into production. Yeah. Wow. That's that's I'm also going to ask what kind of challenge it poses with, I, I wasn't sure how many of the girls are out-of-state students? Because I'm sure that added a whole another element to that challenge. Yeah, we've just made the best of it. So everything shut down literally the day before one of our big concerts, our Winterfest right. concert. I, remember that. I think I messaged so, you on yeah. Facebook and said, is it too late to get tickets? Yes, and I was like, girl, and then I was girl, like, we're oh, not doing that. Be- yeah, it was so sad. So everything just kind of shut off. Fortunately, we were still able to hold auditions. Oh, we, okay. I was, that, yes. that would have been another question that I was curious about. We got so, I was 
apparently really ambitious with how early I was scheduling everything in terms of like a video shoot, like a very important video shoot and auditions. And so that just really worked out to our advantage. So we've been making the most of it because we were able to just kind of go straight into planning for next year. We've game planned a lot of cool things, just been really slowly releasing a little bit of content this summer. And then, you know, releasing our album will be the big project this fall. And then we're hoping that with any luck, we can kind of get back to more regular live performances come January. And at that point, we'll hopefully just be tight and be really ready. Yeah. So it's been crazy. The hardest part is just not knowing exactly what's going to happen come this next semester because it's like, are we going to be okay? Is something is something going to shut down, you know, a month in like, but that's okay. So we just have we're going to be creative and get as much as we can. So I'm curious, you know, how much done. turnover do you have with the group going into this upcoming year? We only had to replace two. And I'm it curious was if the, glorious. If the two who if the two new gals who are coming in, if they have prior acapella experience, they don't, I don't think as to what kind of challenge you foresee there. It was especially imagining yeah. like, if you're not able to get back to regular rehearsals right away. Yeah. You know, one test that we did have once COVID kind of like slowed down a little bit, I was able to set up a few recording sessions with them so they could record and be a part of the album. And so I just gave them like four songs to learn. I was like, okay, learn your parts. And I knew that would be quite a test to see like how, you know, how quickly are you learning? Can you show up in the studio? Are you coachable, teachable? I mean, these girls, like they auditioned well, don't get me wrong, but like usually in the past, I feel like I've seen someone audition and I'm like, oh, they're going to be awesome. And then like kind of their weaknesses are exposed like real quick. And I'm like, shoot, I really miss that. (laughs) (laughs) But like with these two, they blow me away. Like they're so talented. So they showed up, they knew everything. I was like giving them very specific notes in the studio and they just like killed it. So that's the other reason I'm just like, come on, COVID. Go just away. like go away because this is my dream team oh, I'm, that makes me so happy to hear yeah I actually stopped going to some of the shows because I I don't want to like air dirty laundry or anything oh I just I just stopped going to the shows I'm like do I know specifically why like I think I almost like didn't feel welcome some of the time when I was coming to the shows and I didn't feel like I had a connection with any of the girls in the group anymore and so I just felt disconnected so I kind of stopped going and then I think after you took over as the director I was like oh I have like a connection again and so yes. I, and I think I'm, I'm friends with a few of the girls that are in it now on Facebook and I talk every so often with Lizzie I love She's it so great yes Ugh, Lizzie yeah. my queen yeah so 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 talented yeah that's an important part too is like it's a sisterhood right, so right. and I think every acapella group feels that way and so as long as you have the members and the uh, leadership that respect that and honor that because it's really important to keep that unity alive so please come to all the shows we love you so much (laughs) so while we have a few minutes left here i think it's really important as we're discussing so much about you know past experiences and uh, your wonderful resume i'm curious you know what life looks like for you now in terms of music and stuff so you know given your history with acapella are you currently still involved outside of directing at all or what other projects maybe even outside of acapella do you find yourself attached to? Yeah, Noteworthy certainly takes up most of my time and energy, especially when we're in session. I've been really fortunate to be music directing the shows at a local amusement park here. What? Lagoon. Oh, I know that place. It's nice. so fun. <laughs> 
It's so fun because I also just love a new musical challenge. Mm -hmm. And so that's fun. I, I kind of build up the tracks for them, at least vocally, and, and kind of coach the singers. So that's a lot of fun. And I'm teaching private voice lessons mostly online right now. And But really, I mean, I am missing performing so much. So I... I'm also in the process of, well, I'm just like throwing stuff up on YouTube now, you know, I'm like, let me just do this because I'm, I'm just having fun, you know, well, like arranging things, recording things. <laughs> yeah. That's like my personal thing now. But I, though I love, I love recording. I'm learning to love the medium of video, you know, a little bit better, but live performance is like, just right. is everything to me. Well, and, and so and like, you can't, I, yeah, there's not a ton I feel like that would replicate the experience that a live performance gives you exactly exactly it's not the same so yeah. but it's awesome I'm happy to be able to share and like and connect like just make some cool connections with just throwing new content up so can you tell us a little bit about what the process looked like for your most recent release you released a video of an acapella cover of dream on yes I arranged it I think initially when I was reading the description you arranged it for Jane mm -hmm. okay so I'm curious as to what the process looked like for you going into that where you're doing all but two of the parts so i arranged that for jane for the finals of the aka open because our closer at our semi-final we didn't love it we didn't feel like it was strong enough and we were trying to find a rock song that could just like really hit it and we're like well we can't really use dream on because like i've already like been associated with that song but then we found this postmodern jukebox cover of it and I was like this is so fascinating this like triplet feel and I just listened to that over and over and I just like got inspired and so I just wanted to make this kind of smooth sexy but then like takes off into this rock atmosphere and we did that it was so so great and it was a couple years after that I was like I want to record this I I want it to just be like huge and in your face and I want a studio version of it so I just start I just started recording the tracks and I didn't really know what would come of it but my buddy Scott Shattuck oh yeah been on the show yeah before. you know Scott okay <laughs> Scott makes me sound so much better than I actually am. But he he takes these I like send him the just like the silliest little like work practice tapes whatever and he mixes them and it's incredible. But so yeah, I sent that off to him and he just he brought it to life. But yeah, I just I don't know, that's kind of the evolution of it and I just felt like it was a fun take. It feels like so me, really authentic to me and like my voice and and my skill set. And so I just felt like it's a good, good little thing. I need to like well, need it, to share it. I need to get it, it out was, there. It was very fun to watch. So well done. I love it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious with that in terms of your own personal taste in music. It, you made me think of something. I don't really know if it's at all a trend or whatever, but when I normally I think of acapella in college, the college space, you know, there's tends to be a heavier focus on pop music and more top 40s and things like that. And it's interesting that you mentioned postmodern jukebox, which they, they flip the script on everything that they do and they bring they really marry all these unique styles i'm curious does your taste in music in terms of what you like to perform maybe with music videos or live stuff has that at all shifted since you know your your previous work in acapella and things like that 
Gosh, I, I really think that acapella, actually rock became something really in my focus and something that I realized like I can do and not just that I can do, but that I love. I was in a rock band my senior year of college. So this was what? like in between Noteworthy and Delilah. And I had actually, Dream On has been like a part of my life for so long because I did a cover of Dream On with my rock band guys. And so that was a big reason why we were like, oh, maybe we should do this for like the classic rock night or whatever. So it's funny because no, like ever since that, ever since senior year of college so that so post noteworthy because rock was like not in my in my view at that point because like you said like when I was in noteworthy it was like much more just like pop and stuff and but then I started doing these rock covers and like kind of my own rock music and that's been really like my taste my focus and really what I'm hired to do as like a studio singer or life performer if people are hiring me for their projects and yeah I want to just like rage and like <laughs> rash like I want noteworthy to just be like yes not quite we're not quite there yet but we're working on it I cannot wait for the day I get to see a video like that that will be insane if if you need somebody that um is really good at headbanging to show them how it's done my sister Perfect. It's really good at that. I don't, we'll have a headbanging workshop. She's talented at that since she was like 10 years old. And I'm like, I don't get I it. I love it. Okay. How old is she now? Now she is, how old is she? 29? Now I can't like successfully, like effectively headbang without <laughs> waking up the next day feeling like I've gotten hit by a truck. Oh man. <laughs> It's It's so bad, but it's kind of funny. I'm. It is funny. I'm getting old. I have to be like really conservative about it. I'll text her and ask her (laughs) if she can still do it. Yeah, sir. Tell her go at it for like two hours, and then the next day see what happens. (laughs) She might be able to. She's kind of a beast, but I love it. I'm about that. That's awesome. Um, So thank, thank you. I pictured all of that right there. The head banging and just we we definitely (laughs) want to promote safe practices when it comes to acapella head banging Mm -hmm. and any kind of physical activity and music. So on that note, we are going to take one more quick commercial break. We're going to continue speaking with Amy Whitcomb here on Tacapella. Are you an aspiring sound engineer? Have we got a show for you? The Headroom Podcast is a podcast for aspiring sound engineers in the contemporary acapella genre. Join Kyle Howard and Ricky Jabarin as they break down the different stages of audio production and chat with other producers about their techniques to achieving the best sound. You can find the Headroom Podcast on Acaville Radio Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Remember, Acaville is the place where you can find all the latest in acapella information. Thanks for joining us back here on Talkapella. Man, what a ride we have been having here today on our show with Amy Whitcomb. <laughs> My goodness, the first half we just got to see behind the scenes. And then the second half, we just got to know so much about her, who she has a performer, who she has a director. And man, I'm just so amazed and I'm just so jealous of her. So this is pretty cool. I don't know that I've ever heard Brian say that. Hey. Brian. Hey. Like I said, I watch a lot of acapella. I'm so impressed. And when I grow up, I want to be type of performer you are. So there it is. And on that note, we get to transition into one of our favorite segments of the show. And it is our round of rapid fire questions. So, Amy, we pose. Are you ready for this? I'm like, I'm ready. <laughs> I, I should preface this that normally when we do this, we have a set of questions that we come into this with. But due to my Internet connection issues, we don't have that list. So this is going to be completely. Completely random on what we're going to ask her. So 
listeners get ready for this. <laughs> Alicia, are you ready? I mean, I say I'm always ready most of the time, but this will be very unique since we don't have our list. <laughs> <laughs> well, ju- we're just going to think about all the things we've ever wanted to know about Amy. So here we go. Ooh. <laughs> all right. Here we go. I'll start us up. First question. What is your all time favorite acapella moment? Like maybe in terms of performance or memory? What is their all time favorite? All time favorite moment with acapella was singing a whole lot of love with Vocalocity in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And the producers were there for that night to watch us. And so it was like, you put a game. <laughs> and I held out this high note so excessively long. I don't even know how it was humanly possible. And mid show got a standing ovation. And that was truly just like a huge moment for me. It just when I'm in the rock zone, like it's a lot easier to just command the stage, command the audience, like connect with them, bear my soul. So that was, I'll never, ever forget that moment. It was amazing. Is that on video anywhere? I think I do. I have a video from like the side of the stage. You might, can you send that to me? I will absolutely send it to you. <laughs> okay. Question number two. What is your favorite non-musical activity? Probably working out. <laughs> okay. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Is that so dumb? No, no that is completely acceptable. We definitely enjoy that. Yes, Brian. <laughs> I'm right. I'm right there with you. Question number three. If you could only eat one dish for the rest of your entire life, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Oh man. This is so tough. Mm-hmm. Probably, right? Oh my gosh. Cheese bread would be a part of it. Maybe it is cheese bread. Like maybe that's cheese what it bread. is. Okay. That, no. I like listen. Non-musical activity is working out and the food that you eat for the rest cheese. of your life is cheese bread. Gotcha. You know that well-balanced <laughs> post-workout meal. Well, you'll eat the cheese bread and then you'll go work off those calories. There we go. Yeah. Whatever else is in cheese bread. <laughs> I'm apparently hungry because when I'm really hungry, right. that's what I want is cheese bread, oh, you know? Okay. I'm not mad at Fair that. Enough. I'm not. What was the last <laughs> album that you purchased? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this question always throws everyone off. <laughs> and that was question number four. Wow. Now I like feel, now I feel bad. I feel like I'm not supporting people because I just use streaming services. <laughs> that, that counts. I think, right? Well, and the I fun thing about the, that question uh, is nobody buys CDs anymore. No. So it's like, what was the last album you, you purchased? I mean, if you asked me, I couldn't tell you. It was honestly probably a Christmas album. Okay. Gosh, I don't even, probably like, I, I literally don't know. Like, I want to say, no, I got Josh Groban's Christmas album as a present. I literally can't remember. That's wow, okay. what a question. I think you're the first person. The last album I saved on Spotify oh, okay. was songs from the TV show The Politician featuring Ben Platt, of course. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yes. That'll work. There we go. I we'll, like it. We'll go with that. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Question number five. In the last year, what was your favorite show that you binge watched in the last year? I think my favorite TV show that I've binge watched in the last year is probably Dead to Me. Oh, I've heard of that. That's what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's so sorry. Right, I might have to check that, that out now because that's not the first mm-hmm. time I've heard about that show. It's the yeah, first time I've heard one. about it, but it probably won't be the last. What is the most <laughs> memorable concert that you've been to recently? Recently, the most memorable concert would be seeing Muse okay. in Las Vegas with... My husband, who was then my boyfriend, 
one of his favorite bands and great. yeah great great band so we went to the, I was like emotional about it I don't I mean it's obviously like rock music but I was like my mind was blown every second I mean their shows are very mind-blowing that's actually the first concert I ever went to <gasps> no not in way. Vegas but in Orem yes. at the McKay Event Center absolutely at, at UVU I was mind-blown the entire time because it was so so good so I, I can incredible relate. right all right so question number seven okay I'm going to break the rules a little bit because this is a two-part question, but I feel like they go together. All right. So (laughs) someone is producing a musical about your life. Two questions. What is the title of it and who's in the starring role? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The title is She's Alive. Wow. (laughs) The person playing the starring role is... Oh man, that's tough. Mm, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm being too idealistic if I say Margot Robbie. (laughs) No, that works. You know, no one is off limits here on that question. Yeah, nobody. Nobody. I can see that, you know? I can actually see that. Just saying. You You think so? You heard it here first. Yeah. Margot Robbie is going to play Amy Whitcomb in the musical (laughs) She's a Lot. Wow, that, like, (laughs) both of those fit, like, surprisingly, those fit so well. I'm like, I can can already feel the energy from it. It was great. Yeah. All right. Question number eight cats or dogs? Dogs. I'm sorry, Alicia. I know. I actually really love dogs too, but. My And my husband and I never thought we were cat people. And we were always like, well, one day we're going to get a dog. And then this little cat like came into our lives and we saw it die and it was really sad. And then we got a <gasps> oh little kitten. This it is... was a story for another day. It was really traumatizing. But yeah, and then we got like this cat like fell into our laps, basically, this mm. our black cat. And he was like this little when we got him and he was so cute. Mm. And now we have three. We'll still eventually get a dog one day, but when we have a yard. So. I like, yeah. yeah. We could get, we, you know, we could get on the animal chat right now, but well, yeah. <laughs> Question number nine. If you could have an endless supply of anything, what would it be? Cheese bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe the answer is already I feel there. Like che- I do feel like cheese bread is a little more applicable here, but... <laughs> Um, right. Oh man, endless supply of It doesn't have to just be food either. Endless supply of insulated bags. Okay, that was I, very specific. Because like cuz I love to like take my food with me and I especially love to like smuggle it into the movie theater. <laughs> yes. So like I would like an insulated bag that like can fit all of my snacks but that looks like plays like a purse, you know? And then I'd love one that's like huge like good for the beach and that I don't know what bags in general just bags duffel bags tote bags backpacks you name it like ever since i was little it's just been an obsession not even like name brand ones i don't care <laughs> just bags just the function of bags is so as long as they carry stuff i'm about it i love it yes <laughs> okay final question of rapid fire amy as far as performances go or performance opportunities go hong kong or new york i mean if it's like New York, like New Year's Eve bash, Rockefeller Center, whatever, like New York all day, <laughs> probably New York either way. Okay. Like I love okay. Hong Kong, but New York is magic. Yeah. Okay, fair I enough. Love it. For those of Good you who know, when Amy was on Noteworthy, she actually traveled to Hong Kong with some members of the group and performed there. So a little tidbit of information there. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> that was rapid fire. Per tradition on our show, we always ask our guests to leave our listeners with a bit of advice. So if you could give our listeners one piece of advice today, what would it be? I have had this on my mind 
the last few months, really. And just as I've started to release new content and new music, it's hard to feel like my voice matters or that I have anything unique to give. But if anyone else were to express that concern to me, I would be like, are you crazy? Like, speak up, share your gifts, develop them, contribute, be heard, be seen. Somebody somewhere is going to hear it the way you say it. And it's going to change everything for them. And that's what music is about, is about connection and it's about healing. And so that's really like my one piece of advice is push past that anxiety of like not being good enough or like not being important enough. No, we all have gifts and share them. Music is so important. It's about sharing. I love that. That was powerful. That was great. That was wonderful. And on that note, Amy, if our listeners wanted to learn more about you, hear about any upcoming projects, any work you're doing with Noteworthy, where could they go? Instagram's a great place. I tend to share everything that I'm doing on Instagram, probably overshare. And that's just at Amy Lynn Whitcomb. And my YouTube is youtube.com slash the Amy Witt, W-H-I-T. That's a great place too. Fun covers coming your way as well as kind of vocal health and vocal technique educational content. So yeah, those are probably best places to find me. Perfect. And Alicia, what about yourself? You can find me on Twitter. My Twitter is Alicia, that's E-L-I-C-I-A, Edwards19. You can also find me on Instagram. My Instagram is e.squared1989. Let's see. You can also find my acapella group because we're putting out so much content right now. You can find us and follow us on Facebook. It's Inversion Acapella. You can also find us on YouTube under Inversion Acapella or Instagram under Inversion underscore SLC. What about you, Brian? Where can we find you? Uh, Listeners can always find me on Twitter. I'm at the Brian Alex Brian with an I. And then please go follow all the work that I do for College Acapella on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On that note, please also give a follow to Talkapella. We do have a Twitter account. It's Talkapella, two P's, two L's. And go to our website, talkapella.org, to hear previous episodes, to learn about upcoming episodes. And yeah, that's going to do it. And we just want to thank our guests, our wonderful, amazing, incredible guest, Amy Whitcomb, for coming on the show today. No, thank you guys so much. It's such a joy. And it was so good to see you. You too. It was definitely fun. And on that note, please also give a follow to Alcaville Radio. They are the platform that we stream all of our episodes through every Tuesday and Sunday. And that's going to do it today for Talk Appella. And on that note, that's going to conclude our show today. We want to thank you all for listening. And for everything else, stay tuned.